All right. Are you ready? Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Carlisle Tattoo Co. Bold, bright, and everlasting. You can find us at 178 Carlisle Street, St Kilda, Melbourne, Australia. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Carlisle Studios. Hello. My name is Hal Hunter, and once again, I'm lucky enough to be here with... Your beautiful, amazing wife, Bella Hunter. You couldn't have said better than myself. That's because I said it. (laughs) (laughs) We are sitting in my station area today. You can't see it because we're not filming, but... um, Hal's already getting lazy. Yeah, well, you know, you know me. (laughs) Nah, I'm trying to figure out the filming situation. So for everyone who keeps messaging us, asking about like where you can watch it and um, the video side of that, um, trying to get that sorted, have a little bit Wi-Fi issues at the moment. So it's in the works. Yep. Don't come for us. But for now, you can just listen with your ears. Well, yeah, the main reason is Hal didn't want to put his makeup on today, so. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to kick it off with. The weekly recap. The weekly recap. Hit, hit me up, babe. What'd you do? I always tell myself I've got to like prepare what to say and then I don't. No, and never. Now I'm sort of can't remember what I've done. I just look through my photos, but I haven't really had that exciting of a week, to be honest. I've had a really good week. I actually think since I was thinking this the other day, since the day before I went to Sydney. Yeah, you've been on a roll. I've been on a, I feel like I've been on a roll with the tattoos. Like You have, I can tell. Um, they look nice. I've just been feeling it. You know, I've had like customers. Been feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, customers like being super open and. Yeah, you get to do like fun ones that. Yeah. Like if you have an idea, like they say, oh yeah, I've got, I want an eagle. You can be like, oh sick, how about we do this with it? And they'll say Mm. yes. So it started with obviously the forehead tattoo, which I think we spoke about last week. Um, Which I think I was, because people keep asking me about that. And I I actually think it's like doing one of those tattoos, which is the skull, which sort of starts where his eyebrows are and is essentially just in the middle of his forehead. Um. It's on my Instagram if you haven't seen it or anything, but go have a look. I think- That was such a plug for your own Instagram. (laughs) Go have a look, you know, follow me if you don't go. I wasn't saying that. (laughs) I was just saying to give yourself some context if you haven't seen the picture. Stitch up. Um, I was thinking the other day that getting the opportunity to do a tattoo like that, it's like you might, that might be the only opportunity I ever get to do a tattoo like that. Yeah, so you better hope it was a good one and it was. Well, I really enjoyed doing it, but yeah, it's just definitely not- it's not a super common request, is it? No. I can't say I've ever yeah. tattooed a forehead. <laughs> so since then, I feel like, yeah, I've just had the opportunity to do some really interesting tattoos. And um, funnily enough, I've tattooed, uh, there was this one design which I first tattooed up in Sydney, which has been in my line drawing book for maybe seven years now. Mm. And, well, my old one, I don't show it to people anymore. But you've tried to like throw it in the bin and I've resuscitated it a few times. Yeah. I actually can't remember if I said this last week or not. Cause I remember saying a few of these words, but I can't remember if this is exactly what I was saying, but I'll say it again. And yeah, no one got it for years. And then I was able to tattoo it. Um, fortunately up in Sydney and I've tattooed it two times since then. But that always happens. Like mm. I've got things in my line book and I reckon every single tattooer would, you've got stuff in your line book that you would love to do and no one picks and you like, you're not going to force it on someone. Like, at the end of the day, it's 
not you that's walking around with this tattoo on them. So you sort of just do what your customer is wanting. No, of course. But yeah, and then one day someone might just like pick it and it, oh, it's the best day ever. But do you know mm. what the worst is? If you tattoo it and then you think that, wow, that's not as good as I wanted it to be. <laughs> You've been waiting all this time to do the tap. Yeah, you're like, I actually I don't, have done I don't that like before. it now. Yeah. I haven't done that, You're like, oh, fuck, I'm a bit over this. Um, so, yeah, felt like I was on a little bit of a roll with the tattoos. And now that I've said it, it'll probably end. Um, went surfing on the weekend with my good friend Ariel. And What did he do to himself? We caught two waves each. Hey, this is the second time he's gotten a I know. But he mention. doesn't know because he doesn't listen. I know. We're going to have to force him to. Um, yeah, so we just me and him out. At um, my favourite wave down near where we live, and which is I'm not going to tell people. I'm not. I'm not like a. Seat. Oh, I'm you're no, like one no, of no, these no. guys. I'm not a gatekeeper when it comes to waves, but I don't know if we've lived down there long enough for me to be spruiking all the waves down there and telling people. You oh, know. you don't want all the local surfer guys to hate you for shouting out the wave on your podcast. Well, I just don't want to run into any dramas in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you sound like a wanker. Anyway, me and Ariel were surfing, caught two waves each. It was it was actually pretty good conditions. And then um, he smashed his head on his surfboard and we Do had we, to- Was it on his surfboard? It couldn't well, have been for I me. Well, I can only- else. He couldn't remember. I can only, There was a lot of rocks around, but just the way from the picture I've got of it, which I would put on my Instagram, but I feel like it would get deleted. I literally like woke um, up because Hal goes surfing like- He leaves the house like maybe like 5.30 or 6. So I woke up like 7.30 or something- to a photo of Ariel's bloody head, just like blood all down him being like, what the fuck have you guys done? Yeah. So anyway, then that was- He's the fine. Five end, stitches. End of that surf session. Five? Yeah, you got five. Yeah. Sort of in the side of his forehead. But- um, Silly sausage. That was fun. I've been really trying to progress my surfing. So I've been getting on the surf skate a bit, going to the skate park. For people who don't know what a surf skate is, can you explain- it's like a, well, it's a skateboard, obviously. Yeah, obviously. With a unique front truck, which is like what the front wheels are attached to. That also and moves. It, instead of just moving side to side, it turns front and back as well. So you like can- semi-rotates. You can turn like very tight radiuses. And I was very skeptical of them because a lot of people were recommending them to essentially do out of water surf practice. And- I was like, ah, oh, whatever, I'm just going to get one. And it's been the, the biggest help. So every single night we get home from work and Hal kicks off his shoes and gets in the driveway with his little surf skate and goes up and down the driveway. And like, I show everyone at work what he does, but like he literally like practices his turns and does like the whoop And it's really funny. Yeah. Well, I'm not getting in the water every day, so I've got to do something. Nah, I really like it. I think it's great, yeah. but it is really funny watching you do it. And like how your little fingers are splayed out as well. Oh, it's a bit corny. I know that, but you it's know what? It's so cute. I'm not going to worry what people think, Bella, because I'm just trying. <laughs> to pro- I'm just trying to progress myself. All right. So you can uh, be a hater if you want. I'm not hating. I support it. Anyway, what was the, your most recent week activities? Uh, fudge muffins. I really don't know. I I really still feel very average from getting knocked down with COVID the other week. Yeah. So. Mentally, I'm, I'm not all there. Still not all there yet. But I oh, I actually started the week. I think it was the start of the week with a foot sleeve. 
Did it you was, start a foot sleeve? Oh, sort so of. So technically you yeah. started it. it we, we, we both have started it. So Hal did one of the, like the pants oh, head on the Oh, I did the eagle as well. And the eagle, which is above it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm showing him the photo as, as I'm doing it. Anyway, so it's a guy who's been tattooed by Hal and I previously. And Hal's other customer who has got the foot sleeve, mm-hmm. that was where he drew his inspiration from. Okay, I like that. Yeah, so he wanted to do the same thing, and but we're just doing all black. So we did like some nails like near the Achilles. We did like chain on the inside bit of yeah. like the lower Uncommon the spots. Yeah, like very strange spots to put them. And painful. Oh, incredibly painful. But he sat like a bloody legend. And then yeah. we did like some, like never forget on like. Yeah, I saw that. The I letter, don't know where Lettering on the front of the ankle. Yeah. So like really tricky ones. And he sat amazingly. Um, so that was fun because nice. it was very different. Mm. And it was a bit of a challenge. And then um, now I'm just looking through some videos of Hal at the skate bowl with his surf skate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then I had, yeah, did, uh, some day rates as well, which were really good fun. I love doing them. You did. You've done a lot of tattoos in the last week. Yeah. I've got a day rate today and tomorrow as well. Really? Yeah. Do you just charge day rates these days? Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, oh, you want to book in sick full day? Oh yeah. Cool. You want a palm size? I'll just charge a day rate. Full day only. Yeah, obviously. So they're good ones to look forward to. So we're saying sort of non-eventful weeks. Not crazy eventful for me. I'm well, still a bit not for me either, to be dead honest. inside, so I'll right. give you something interesting next week. We'll move on then. So we had a few episodes planned and stuff like that, but when we put out the other day, we put out a thing on social media just saying questions you want to, I guess like an ask me anything style thing, which we've done on Instagram before, but mm-hmm. we're going to answer them on here. And Hal um, doesn't know the, so I screenshot both of them from his Instagram and mine. Yeah, I didn't read any of them. And he didn't read any of them. So I have selected about 25 to 30 questions. And so you're going to get his raw, unedited, unthought about responses. Which could be bad or good. I think it'll be good. But yeah. Because you don't have time to be like, oh shit, is this the right way to answer this? Mm, Well, I'll think about it. But yeah, great, massive response on that. So thank you a very few, much to everyone yeah, who sent through questions. A few questions. hundred questions and stuff. So we're probably obviously not going to answer all of them. but And there were a lot of like repeat questions yeah, as well. We'll come back to the, the ones we don't get to in, in future episodes and stuff like that. But yeah. um, And some of them, definitely some of them, I, I think re- would require some more in-depth sort of answers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that so we, we if we aren't getting like answering it today, we are probably planning on doing it in a future episode where Mm. we want to elaborate a bit more on the answers. Definitely. But yeah, feel free to always send us through questions or reviews and, or abuse or whatever. Yeah. I like the abuse. It keeps me on my toes. Message anything. All right. Hit me Bella. All right. Number one, I'm not going to say who they're from because some people don't like it. You said that last week. Tattoo artists, but bad at drawing possible question mark. (laughs) That's weirdly worded. Isn't it? Yeah. But I like it. Um, yes, definitely possible. I would say it's absolutely possible to be bad at drawing and be a good tattooer. Yes. Yep. Partially will depend on what style you definitely. want to do. So, for example, and look, I'm not super well educated in some styles like realism and shit like that. I've had- God, very, I'd, I'd have less of an idea than you. Very little exposure to that sort of stuff. Um. And this is definitely not saying that people who do realism can't draw, 
But if you're doing like legit realism, which is like you're replicating a photo yeah, or, so, an, or an image. Yeah, so generally like you trace yeah. the image, you trace like the main aspects well, of like it and it's, shade and whatever. It's like, yeah, you're not necessarily drawing it initially. Like you've got a photo there. It's like yeah. you're just replicating. So there's probably less drawing required in that. I think when it comes Depending to- Depending on the design. Traditional and stuff like that and Japanese, I definitely think initially- you can have very little to no drawing ability and be able to learn that and progress and become a good tattooer. I definitely think like a, a drawing ability helps obviously in your progression. See, I think like I would not say that I'm a good at drawing at all, but when I started my apprenticeship, the main thing that hell got me to do was to trace designs was and like understand the fundamentals of the design and i feel like understanding and learning why there's a bloody e there and where it comes from and stuff you learn to draw first yeah and before you start anything else if you're already a better drawer then that progression will be quicker if you but sometimes i think if people are really good drawers they try to get their own style into their line drawings when they don't know the fundamental well it reasons does, as to i mean like, yeah you why can, you're drawing it can go way. either way but so no you don't need to be able yeah. to be a good drawer to tattoo it it may help you don't need to but i think you know you often people in all um, things in life you you know people love to look at the people who are you know, really good at something and go like, oh, I'm not that good, so I won't be able to do it. Yeah, and, and people like, also you, like to be like, oh, well, they have this natural ability, so yeah, I couldn't do it. But you don't, it. you never see where that person was at the start. No. You know, you, like very rarely do you see someone's first drawings after they've been tattooing for 10 years. Yeah. Like, so I think a lot of Although people- Although I have some old ones of yours and they're great. Yeah, they're, they're so funny. But yeah, definitely, I don't think you need to be good at drawing. It would help, but that's a it's a learned skill, you know. I think anyone can learn to draw, anyone can learn to paint. Yeah. And then subsequently, most people would be able to tattoo from that. And that's you not don't so- go to dental school being able to do a filling, do you? No, you definitely don't. No, I wouldn't want a filling ha- from you. I actually wouldn't know. But anyway, all right. Next question. What do you think makes a great tattoo? Oh gosh. And these are in no order. These are just in order that I've screenshot them in, so. Well, I'm just going to go off what I think is a a tattoo that I like the look of, like what I would think is. I think that's what people want to hear, your opinion. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, because there's always two sides. And some of these questions have been very directed at Hal, like the opening sentence is Hal (laughs) in big capitals. (laughs) So I I feel like I'm not allowed to talk in those ones. No, you can, you chime in. Hal, what do you think makes a great tattoo? (laughs) Well, I'm going to answer this in two parts. First part, from a technical side, like it doesn't, the style doesn't matter to me if I'm looking at a tattoo and I'm going, is that a good tattoo or not a good ta- tattoo from a technical standpoint, yeah. like application wise? So, um, well, it depends on what style I'm looking at. But firstly- Okay, let's go with traditional because that's what you do. Okay, but firstly, if I'm looking at any tattoo, just through my feet or whatever, or on someone's body, I'm firstly going like- is that actually well done, you know? And what to people who don't know anything about tattoos, what does that mean? Well, it depends a little bit on style, but I would say mostly mm-hmm. like the shading smooth, the lines are clean, which means like they're consistent, they're all the same thickness, um, it's smooth on the skin, 
Um, it's all healed well, that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. So like a technical application is perfect. But then personally for me, tattoos that I like are bold, which means like predominantly would have a thicker outline, mm-hmm. heavy black shading. Color or black doesn't really bother me. Like you can still make a color tattoo look super bold and stuff and like that. And with our tattoos, we put quite a bit of black in the color ones. Exactly. Whereas a lot of other tattooers might not. But yep. I think what makes a great fundam- – like fundamentally a great tattoo, especially a color traditional one, is quite a lot of black. Yep. And then for me personally, I want – it to be readable. Mm-hmm. So like- I want to be able to see what it is from a bit of a distance. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're getting to like, if you're getting to like larger, larger scale stuff, you know, that are more involved, that can sometimes be a little bit more difficult. Like if you're looking, trying to look at someone's whole sleeve and it's like really involved, it might be a bit difficult to see from across the room. Yeah. If you've got like a snake on your forearm, I want to know that it's a snake if I'm standing like three meters away from you. I don't want to be like, oh, what's that worm crocodile? (laughs) Bold. (laughs) Readable, technically applied well, and um, heavy coverage. Yeah. That's what I like. So dense, you know, like it. if you're standing there and you've got a back piece, I can see that your whole back is tattooed. Yeah. Not like, oh, do you look a little bit tanned or something <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> like I want it to look like, fuck, that's a tattoo, you know? Yeah, I agree. But that's just my personal opinion. Some other people might not like that style, but that's the style that I like. So. Yeah, okay. Next question, you ready? Sure, I'm ready. Oh, this one I will say is from Swift Tattoo Removal, who Hal is currently getting some laser removal from. Mm-hmm. And it says, how bad does tattoo removal hurt with a crying laughing face? I think she's having a stab at you. Mm, thanks, Kelly. <laughs> um, very much. It hurts a lot. Mm. Surprisingly, it um, hurt me. So I'm getting, um, yeah, from Swift Laser Tattoo Removal. I believe that's ah, Swift Tattoo Removal. Sorry. He's checking your name on Instagram. On Instagram. So everyone go check that out. Um, great results. Um, really good customer service. Really good experience. How many sessions? I've have had you three had? sessions. Yeah, cool. Um, and it's reasonably quick, isn't it? It's like a few seconds. And it was. It's funny for me because like, it's located in Chapel Tattoo, which is on Chapel Street. Yeah, which is quite close to us. And here. I very rarely like have got a tattoo in the last six, six, nah, six years outside of less tattoo shops that I've worked in. Yeah. So for me to like go into another shop is like, it makes me feel like I'm, you know, young again. And you previously went to chapel to get tattooed, didn't you? I've been tattooed there before. Yeah. yeah. Like years and years ago. Yeah. But I remember when we, when I was young, I wasn't tattooing or anything. I wasn't involved in the industry. And I remember the feeling like you get when you go into a shop and you know, oh, yeah. like you're, in a different environment, you're not necessarily comfortable, blah, 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 blah. You feel so vulnerable yeah. and And nervous. I think when you're around it so much, you forget that when customers come in, they potentially feel like that. Oh, yeah. You know? And um, so I felt like that. Well, I still do sometimes when I go into chapel, but yeah, Kelly's really nice and everything like that. So I'm getting the spider that's on my side of face, upper cheek area. We're going to go in. So th- there is another question that ties into more of this discussion later. Oh, so you don't want me to go into the details? So no, don't go into the details yet. So to answer the question, how bad does it hurt? Really, really badly. Would you say it's worse than the tattoo? 100%. That's what most people want to know. So for me, for the the first session on the spider, it took seven seconds. 
And I was contemplating halfway through that, asking her to stop and give me a break. <laughs> I can't laugh. <laughs> I haven't had any removal done, but it was I'm, bad. I'm shocking at even getting tattooed. So I, I'd die. But I think it's also like, you don't know what to expect, but the second time it was a lot easier. And the third time it was even easier because you sort of, yeah. you prepared for it mentally. So I remember when you went to the first one, I really wanted to come because I wanted to see how it all like was. And I wanted to mm. see how you handled it. But I was like, oh, it's probably a little bit inappropriate. Like- this is Kelly's job. She probably doesn't want someone hanging around being like, oh, so what's this? But I was also <laughs> finishing a tattoo. So I finished my tattoo and I drove up and picked you up when you were finished. Yeah. And you were standing out the front rattled. It really did rattle me. I had to lie down in the car on the way home. So kudos to anyone who's got large scale. Yeah, you did. Scale. You had to have like a little like put your recline yeah. the chair. If you've got large scale <laughs> laser removal work done, like fair play to you. Um, but yeah. If you're thinking of getting a tattoo removed for whatever reason, um, or you want to get some quotes or information or advice on options around lightening a tattoo or getting it covered or whatever, um, yeah, flick a, a message and she'll get back to you yeah. with all the info. And Kelly will um, send you the invoice for this plug after the episode. Yeah, true. <laughs> she didn't know it was coming, but yeah, yeah she'll well, know when the invoice comes. Absolutely. All right, next question. What's the biggest piece of advice for someone trying to get into tattooing? Ooh. I like that you don't know these questions because I can see your face and you're like, oh, Bella. There's a lot. And to to be fair, I get asked this a lot. I don't know why. Well, I do sort of have it. I have an idea as to why, like because I've previously been quite open about advice or recommendations on what I think the best course of action is to – to take to get into tattooing or mm. to, you know, put yourself in the best position to get an apprenticeship long-term or whatever. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> What's your biggest piece of advice for someone trying to get into tattooing? Okay. I would say persistence is key. <laughs> persistence is definitely key. I think set your goals extremely high, but be realistic about what the first step you have to take to potentially get there in the future is. So to break that down for you. You need to be really willing to take risks in this one too. I was guilty of this and I think everyone is if you don't get given advice, like sort of a mentor advice in a way. But so I find what happens is a lot of people, they want to get into tattooing and they're like, yep, cool. I'm going to, you know, I've been getting a tattooed a little bit, you know, I'm into it. And then... Similar to how you would apply for like a trade job, you just go, hey, can I get an apprenticeship or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people go, they look at the the top shops, like the busiest shops mm-hmm. or some of the yeah, best shops. Yeah, the big shops, name ones that you just hear And a then lot. they go like, let's, like, I want to work there. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, fair play to anyone, you know, for going out there and asking, you know, and putting themselves out there because it's not an easy thing to do. But realistically, you know, the majority of those shops, I don't think – well, they don't really take on many apprentices. Like they're very also like whenever they, whenever large name shops put out, hey, we're looking for a new artist. Generally, they want someone who's been tattooing for around five years. Yeah. So because they want that experience and they want them to bring their own clientele yeah. and. Yeah. So it's like that might be your end goal, but and I mean, yeah, go for it and try and achieve it first, and you might be very lucky. But I think it's unrealistic. So you've got to then go like, what's the best option? And I always think the best option is any option that gets your foot in the door into the industry. I agree. So 
and I can be honest about this because, you know, it's worked out well for me and Bobby and everything <laughs> like that. But it's like... Toot toot, mate. Worked out well for you. Well, it's like, I'll be honest, you know. It's I'm like, joking. If you looked up the top five shops in Melbourne back when I in, when I started, mm-hmm. Vintique was not in it, in no the top way. five. No way. You know, it's a suburban shop, which already means like it's probably less Generally, prestige. suburban shops aren't in the top ranks, well, it, generally speaking. There are definitely some. Now um, there are some, yeah, but like back Maddie, then, Maddie D Mooney shops, like oh, I yeah. would say, one of the best shops in Australia for sure. Definitely suburban shop, all of that. But I think like, and it's the same with you know any business. You know, like if you've got a a big you know representation in the city, in a yes. major city, that's I guess more prestigious than yeah. You know, so I would say like when people, if you ask people around the world, oh, what's the best shops in Melbourne? They'd name shops that are like in the city. Yes. Or like in surrounding suburbs, you know, yeah. Chapel, Melbourne Taco, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, those sort of shops are not necessarily are not taking on – I haven't seen those shops take on apprentices really ever. No. So – Unless one of the main artists brought in their own apprentice exactly. and they already had a relationship yeah. with them. So, realistically, you know, your options are you've got to go to a shop that – it might not be your end goal shop. Um, but getting your foot in the door it's is, a stepping stone. is the best option. Exactly. And Take you, you any never know. Like opportunity I, you can get. I used to I initially, you know, viewed Vintique. I was like, obviously, you know, I didn't live down in Mordialic or anything. It was No, like, at the time you lived in North Fitzroy yeah, and you were travelling to Mordialic. Close to an hour drive for me, which at the time I thought was long. Yeah. And um I'd always thought, you know, like, oh cool, I'll work here and then I'll, you know, go to another shop in the city or something like that. And ultimately it was like- You fell in love I, with Bobby. I actually never wanted to leave. I ended up working there for six and a half years and I only ended up moving to do this because- You and Bobby yeah, had an idea Bobby together. Bobby wanted to do it. So, um, you know, and that shop's gone on to produce, you know, lots and lots of, well, not lots and lots, but a handful of really good tattooers. It's a super, super busy shop. And, but you wouldn't know about it if you just Googled like best shops, you know? Yeah, it Melbourne. wouldn't come up in exactly. on the first page of Google, no way. So I think, you know, set your sights, sights really high because, you, you know, as, and as a tattooer, you, you, you never want to- You want to know what your end goal is when you start something. You want to know what you want to achieve. Well, I always think the end goal should always be, well, at least for me it was, and I don't think you'll ever achieve this. And and if you think you have achieved it, then you, then you probably should give up. But- <laughs> I think it's like you should your goal should be to be the best tattooer in the world. Yes. And, and you should always want to be better than everyone else. Be busier, have more clientele, have more opportunities than anyone else. And And put yourself in a position where you can actually make those things happen. And that doesn't mean you have to be a dick about it or no be way. arrogant about it or anything like that. But I think and I was saying this yesterday to the guys down at Vintique, we we're just having a conversation about stuff and I was saying I was saying like, realistically, you know, like everyone in this shop should think that they are the best tattooer or they have the the ability to be the best tattooer, you know? Mate, this is like manifesting. This well, is literally reckon, what it is. I reckon. And it's like, and, you know, applying for apprenticeship or trying to get one, I think it's super, super difficult. Yes. And it can be very disheartening. So it, it can be disheartening for both parties, let me just say. It is so awkward to say to someone when they've got their folio in front of you and they're showing you everything they've worked so hard on and your response is like I'm really sorry but we just don't have any room and that like that is the truth but they might think that you're just trying to be like get the fuck out 
Yeah. That's really awkward, but it is way harder to go into someone and be like, hey, I want to do this, and they might just rip mm. you down a few pegs. And everyone's different, you know. Everyone who's in a position to take on Apprentice would have different views on this and stuff like that. So don't just take what I say as gospel. But I'd almost say, you know, and I think it's like, and I think this is like, Firstly, if you want to set yourself apart from other people looking for apprenticeships and in face showing a portfolio, coming into the shop, introducing yourself gains a lot more respect than just the out of the blue message on social media. Oh, absolutely. So that- The first thing that I look at when someone messages, because I do the shop messages, we get like a bunch of people asking for apprenticeships or advice on it, whatever. I'll check if they're following the shop. I'll Mm. also check if they're following Hal, Bobby and I. And if you're not, I'm not like, I'm not even responding because you haven't taken the time to actually look into a shop that you're asking for us to take you on board. So we could go like into this for a long, long time because it's like, it's a lot, you could talk about a lot of stuff, but I think, yeah, the core of it for me, it's like persistence, set your sights really high, but break that down into Steps. steps as to like, cool, your goal might to be the, be the best and the biggest and have your own shop if that's what you want to do or work at one of the best shops in, in the city you live in or in the country you live in. But it's like, that's step 10. So what's step one, Yeah, you know? And like before you hit step 10 of owning your own shop, you probably want to work at a shop that is run really, really well for at least five, six years. Well, I would say, I would say like- As, as like a professional, the, to not To get an into apprentice. tattooing, I shouldn't have said, sorry, owning your shop. I think to get into tattooing, have, owning your own shop shouldn't even be in your mind. Because the goal should always just be to be to learn how to do good tattoos. And I think a lot of people don't actually understand. They think that owning your own shop and running it and whatever is so easy. And I'm like, oh, just focus on your tattoos. Why don't you just want to do good tattoos? Well, I think it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter because if you're not if you if you can't do good tattoos and what do you got? You haven't put the effort into tattooing and stuff. It's like don't even worry about the shop situation. Yeah. So it's like that I wouldn't should, even as, bring that up. And I've had young people come in and stuff and people that I know and I tattoo a lot and say like, oh, I'd love to own a shop when I tattoo and all that. And I'm like, wait till you can actually do tattoos first and then see if that's even what you want to do. Yeah. Because- Wait um, until you can do your tattoos That's like a fully, fully separate thing. Um, so yeah, set your goals high, break down the steps of how you're going to get there and then just be really persistent at it. You know, I know people who've tried for- Persistence, but- I know people who've tried for several years to get apprenticeships- and then ultimately, you know, it has worked out for them, but it's taken a long, long time. So, persistence yeah. but realistic. Yeah, that's sort of like both sides of it. It's like try hard, but don't try hard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we, we will. We do get asked that a lot, so we will go into that more. And I hope that was not super confusing. I'm confused, but I always am. Yeah. Anyway, next one is please talk about the cobweb tats. I want to get one, but I know they are controversial. Well, I think that depends on where you're from in the world and how old you are. So it is funny, like I actually tattooed a guy who's from Arizona this week and he's got one on his knee and he asked about them because he was saying in America, people infer that you have been to prison for an amount of time if you have a web tattoo. Mm-hmm. And... If that's the case in Australia, literally every single 20 to 30 year old has been to prison. Well, that's the thing, you know, so <laughs> that is usually the inference that people online and stuff 
comment about saying like it implies that you've done a certain amount of time in jail. Um, I'm not 100% sure of the history of the spider web tattoo within Australia. Um, I've heard that about other countries, mainly America and stuff like that. But I think these days, any web tattoo you're seeing getting done currently is not representing that. I think they just like the look of it. Yep. So it's become... And I think like a lot of tattoos, you know, like historically have represented certain things and they might still represent that to some people, but now it's more so an art form and people are getting things that they like the look of. And I guess those sort of connotations associated with certain designs aren't necessarily there anymore. I would agree. For modern day tattooing. That's not saying if you approach someone who um, was in their 70s and they had a spiderweb tattoo, they might have got it for a completely different reason yeah. than what people are getting them for now. But they also might have just yep. gotten it because they liked it. You do also don't know. But I'm sure you can Google that stuff and find out a bit of history and um, do the research. But yeah, I'm I'm not super well educated on the history of Hal's not a main history buff. No, like I know uh, <laughs> some stuff about certain designs and all of that. But yeah, the web, the history of the web and stuff. I know certain things based on what I've heard about, you know, prison time and all of that. But I'm can, I can assure you that 99% of the people I'm doing them on have not been to prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's better practice, painting flash or drawing? Well, it depends what you consider painting because we use the term painting to... Repre- Very loosely. You know, some, some paintings I've done have actually used no paint or no ink. They're just... Yeah. Pencils and I'm pretty lazy with my painting now. I used to do painting with inks and paint, mainly inks if I'm doing flash. Um, and that was because that's what Hal, when I was learning how to tattoo, told me to do because it was the best thing for me to learn. But now, because I don't have as much time because I choose to tattoo more throughout the day, I would just use pencil and uh, like – marker to do my Mm. flash because it's faster and I can still be able to put it up on the wall and it not look absolutely terrible is this a what's better practice question yeah so like to practice practice to 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 become to become a tattooer yeah that's what what I'm assuming assuming. um painting definitely I would say for that so the reason like you would not see me doing many paintings at the moment is partially time and I'll, like I'll draw every single day that I'm at work. I draw, you know, designs out the back and stuff like yeah. that. But because I already have, and any tattooer who tattoos full-time professionally should have this anyway, you know, because you've done the paintings previously and you've done X amount of tattoos, you know where the shading goes. You can look at a line drawing just as it is, yeah. outline only. You don't need to sit there and do and a colour study exactly. of every single you know tattoo you know how you're going to shade that. You know where to put the black, you know to put the red, you know where to put the yellow, all those sort of things. Yeah, and you're not having to check a reference while you're tattooing and be like, oh, is that line in the right spot? Oh, where am I putting the yellow in this? That's it. So It just comes a bit more naturally after And you gain those things, I would say, from doing lots of paintings and then ultimately doing lots of tattoos. So best practice is doing paintings, doing a mixture of black and grey, colour paintings, um, because... That's, I would say that's like when I'm teaching someone to tattoo is, and taught you Bella, is like, you do the paintings so that when you go to do your first tattoo, you're thinking about the technical application. You're not thinking about 
where does the black shading go? Where does yeah. the yellow go? Where does the red go? You already know. Oh, cool. If I'm doing a panther it head, automatically the black goes here. The tongue's red, you know. The eyes can be yellow, green, whatever you want them to be. So, yeah. And also doing these colour studies or whatever and doing your paintings and drawings, it helps you to think on your feet and you can change up where you put things because you know the fundamentals of what you need to do to make it actually look like, for example, a panther head. I agree. So I would say they're both... I mean, they're both the best helpful. practice, and I think you should be doing both. But I would definitely say drawing to start because you need to understand. Well, like- draw, uh, drawing's a hard one because I. It sort of depends. I'm not 100 percent sure that this is directed at wanting to do a tattoo. They just might want to learn how to paint well, or draw, or be better drawer, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I would. I would still say the paintings. Yeah. You get something better at the end. It's more rewarding. You get a, Yeah, but you what if you have a shit line drawing to start with and it's clapped out? Uh, well, but if you're doing a painting, you have to be doing the drawing anyway. Yeah, but so if, what's so more important? Well, I say you start with step one and no, make sure that's perfect no, 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 and then no. you move to step two. I would say as a whole, the painting incorporates the drawing and the painting. If you're just drawing, you're only doing one element of it. So it's like- Yeah, no, I think they're both just as, as important as the other. Well, I would say doing the painting, you have to do both anyway. So, yeah, well, your we, way, you might have a clapped out drawing. We can agree to disagree. Okay, fine then. This is what it's like living with us. Yeah. Can you ever have too many animals on a full arm or leg sleeve? <laughs> I actually run into this issue a fair bit with customers because it is it is very common. It's like they, people come in, they go, oh, I want an eagle. Oh, I want to get a dragon. Oh, I want to get a panther. Oh, we'll do a wolf head. Um, you know, oh, we'll do a snake head, shit like that. So then it's like, it's like, fuck, you've got six animals tattooed on your arm and nothing else. Um, I think, yes, you can have too many, of course, because if you have only animals on your arm, people might think like- it's like oh, a little if you, zoo. If you've got a zoo theme going or something like that. Yeah, because dragons um, are in zoos, aren't they? But I think it only takes one or two other tattoos to break it up, you know? And- I agree. And it's, you know, I sort of fall into the trap sometimes of when- customers say like, oh, what do you want to do? Or like you show them your line drawing book and obviously you get to choose what you put in your own mm. book to show them. And you end up putting like all the same shit, a few eagles, that's the stuff that you few like. panther heads, few snakes, few skulls, whatever. And then when they go like, they want something, they've already got all those things. Yeah. I sometimes struggle to think of like, fuck, what's something else we could put in there? Yeah. Um, and like also to say some people definitely prefer like the one sort of same look. So like they're like, a snake, but then they like a dragon, but you've done like the same scales on this line drawing in the yeah. in both animals. So you have to, you know, change up how you've drawn it so that they're not going to look the same when they're exactly. next to each other. Yeah. But I think, yeah, you can have a few too many animals. Yes, Definitely. but there are ways to make it not look silly by adding, you know, put some little skulls in there or chuck some little clouds we around one had, of them. We just add skulls to everything. Yeah, pretty much. So yes, easy way out. you can have, definitely have too many animals, but ultimately not the worst thing. I don't mind the look of it. Mm. I also agree with, fuck it, if you like it, just do it. Yeah. That's my outlook. I'm like, well, if you want the animals, who who's to tell you that that's too many? So exactly. yes and no, depends on the person. Make your own destiny. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Thoughts on people who buy a tattoo gun off eBay and do home job tattoos? Well, technically, Hal, you were this person. That's not true at all. I didn't never, I've never bought a tattoo machine off eBay. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. 
You did the tattoos on me. Yeah, I burnt them off work or science. Legit tattoo. Oh, tattoo did you? retailer. Oh. I've thrown them under the bus here. Naughty. Actually, I thought it was eBay. Bobby told me to buy them. Oh, naughty. So boy. I can get away with it. It's like, oh, he directed me to do it. Yeah, a fully um, fledged tatter told you to do this. Yeah. So thoughts on it. On one hand, I'm like. On one hand, I'm mm. like, hey, good on you for giving it a go. But then on the other hand, I'm sort of like, you fucking idiot. Uh, I don't know. I'm sort of like, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be a hater. So I'm not going to be. So I thought to think, you know, if you really want to do tattoos, you ultimately end up doing them. And I just think don't fuck up other people's tattoos. Do it on yourself. Well, that's the thing, you know, like there's obviously other risks associated with doing tattoos and you don't actually know what you're doing around sort of the health side, cleanliness, all of that. But Charles, who's sitting in here right now, Charles Cooper Tattoo, he used to get tattooed, well, he still does, but he used to get tattooed predominantly by Bobby. And I remember he sent a photo, text photo to Bobby. I remember this. Of him shirtless, tattooing someone's chest with no gloves on, with the ciggy in his mouth, on the couch. And you both looked absolutely <laughs> wasted. And I actually love that. Because, you know, and you know what? He's here doing tattoos now. So We still bring this story up today, obviously. And look at you now, Charles. I was actually saying this the other day, yesterday, I think. I love the confidence that you sent that to like a full professional tattooer. Charles just said he thought that Bobby and him were mates. Yeah, and Bobby would be like, fuck yeah, man, that's so sick. I remember when Bobby got the message. (laughs) Yeah, mate, it was so good. I actually like, I remember it. I think- We were all like, fuck, what a funny cunt. Well, they are. Charles just said he he thought maybe he was better friends than he probably was at the time with um, Bobby. But <laughs> <laughs> so I sort of hey, I was, it worked out in the I end. I was saying this yesterday. It's like if you're that into tattoos that you're willing to go and buy a machine, you're willing to do tattoos on people, and that's actually what you want to do. It's like yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think it's the best way to have the to start your career off. Yeah, but ultimately, it says to me that it's something you actually really want to do. I wouldn't recommend it, but if you really want something, you're, well, I would, I would put everything in that one basket and be like, fuck it. I'm just going to give it a shot. Yeah. And it's a funny one. Yeah. You gets, got, you got stuff to lose. It gets viewed differently from different people in tattooing, but you know, I had Stevie who owns one of the owners of Hunter and Fox. Yeah. Tattooed for close to 20 years up in Sydney, had him on the podcast the other week. You know, he self-taught at home. Yeah. Rudy who works here, self-taught at home. Bobby self-taught at home initially. Yeah. I was doing tattoos before I worked in a shop at home. Like Charles. So it's called scratching when you tattoo at home and you're self-taught. Yeah. And it's it's not it's definitely not the best way to go about it, and I certainly wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But I think what it what it shows to me as a professional tattooer is like that you really want that it. you're really into it, you know. And then it's up to me if I'm interested in having an apprentice or taking someone on to say like, hey, we're going in a different direction. Yeah, it, you pretty you much know? need to say, hey, unlearn everything you've taught yourself because we're going about yeah. it in a different manner. But now. it's good that the it's good that the passion's there and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm certainly not recommending it. Um, there are other options, but I'm also like, fuck, you know, it's so accessible these days. Everyone, like I've got customers who just tat themselves for fun at home yeah. and they don't want to tattoo. One they of our good friends who is also our customers does it at home. and He's colored his whole arm in red. <laughs> <laughs> and now wants me to go over it and, <laughs> and fix it. And sends me videos out of all the time, which I think is funny, but anyway. Yeah. 
All right, next question. What's the strengths of coil machines slash rotaries? Oh, you fucking throw me under the bus. I have. Could you still do the same tats with a rotary? Depending on your ability level, the straight answer is yes, you can. Um, I would say for the majority of people, depending on what machine you use will limit what styles you can do. Mm Mm-hmm. And how easily those styles are done. Yeah. So to give an example, I use only coil machines. Bella uses a coil machine to outline. And for anyone who doesn't know, because we're getting a bit technical talk here, a coil machine is like a traditional, like historically traditional type of machines. They make noise. Rotary machines are like direct drive. They usually have a battery. It's a little plastic motor essentially and just runs up and down so i use both i generally use a rotary to shade because i think that it's a little bit more gentle on people and well see i think the opposite yeah i think because it runs on a direct drive there's no give in it so it's yeah it always goes to the same depth etc that's where it comes down to like how quickly do you want to tattoo how um yeah, I guess it just comes down to your actual tact, um, application, how you yeah. want to do it. So I always found for me, rotaries don't run fast enough. So I had to run them harder, which means it's either more painful, yep. or more traumatic to the skin. See, I, with the rotary that I shade with at the moment, all of the guys in the shop say that it's, um, they can't believe that I still use it because they think it's super slow and they can't pack yep. in color. And I'm the fastest one in the shop. Yep. So I have no issues with you it. Are. And there's no issues with the healing of the tattoos after no, it. They come out But it great. works for you. But I, yeah. don't, I don't personally like using them. I and think it's a personal opinion. I've never used another rotary machine other than the one, the, the one that, you use, that yeah. I'm using. And it's actually called the one, isn't it? Yes. Anyway, so – and it depends. I've seen people do perfect portraits with coil machines – but you know, 99% of people who do portraits use rotaries. So yeah. it depends I think it on depends on the style that you want to go for and the end product of what you want your tattoo to look like. Yep. And I think it also depends on the needle size that you want to be using. Exactly. And you can you can use a machine that's not perfectly suited for the style you want to do and have a great tattoo. But maybe if you're using a different type of machine, you might be able to do it twice as fast yep. or might be half as painful or something yep. like that. So- that's why you see a lot of tattooers, you know, they chop and change different machines. They try different things. They go, this one's better for this one. one's better for that sort of that stuff. So I don't like, I personally prefer coil machines, but that's just a personal preference. Thing. I would never, never say never in, in a way, but mm. I have no plans to do an outline with a rotary machine. No, I have done before. And yeah, I just didn't, didn't like how it felt. Didn't like how it went in. Didn't like the speed that it went in, stuff like that. So yeah. Um, that's yeah, more so personal preferencing and a sort of explore yourself once you once you're a tattooer to figure out what the best option for you is. Yeah. All right. Next one. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome doing during your tattoo career? I would say every single fucking day. What's imposter syndrome? You know what imposter syndrome is. You had to define it to me the other week. Do you want me to get the actual Google um, definition? I'm going to Google definition it. I have in my mind it's where you're doing something that you feel like you shouldn't be doing. Imposter syndrome, also known as imposter phenomenon or whatever, is a psychological occurrence in which an individual doubts their skills, talents or accomplishments and has a persistent internalised fear of being exposed as a fraud. Thank fuck I read that correctly. There are a lot of big words in there. Um, I would say every single day. Initially in my career, yes. Not anymore, no. I still get it. 
and I hate it. And I come to work and I'm sort of like, why are people <laughs> thinking that I'm a decent tattooer and Don't coming and getting that. tattooed to me by me? No, you do good tattoos. No, like I'm happy with them, but I'm like, fuck, how did I get here? Um, no, I don't anymore. And I think that's partially because um, I've tattooed every bit of the body. So I'm confident that I've experienced that. I Yeah, am but also I, I'm also confident in like I haven't tattooed every bit of the body. Like I haven't done the forehead, whatever. But I'm if someone walked in right now and said, hey, I want to get a tat on the side of my head, I'd be like, sick, let's do it. And I'd be yeah. psyched. Then why are you getting imposter syndrome? Because I'm like, well, fuck, why aren't you just asking Hal to do it? He's way better. And then they go, he's didn't want, he doesn't have time to do it. Hal <laughs> <laughs> wanted to say, sorry, Hal's booked, but he didn't want to no, sound I cocky. I didn't want to say that, eh? Yeah, you didn't want to sound cocky. I would say that to you normally, but then I sound like a fuckhead on this podcast. You are a fuckhead. I've already said so. it. I'm going to have to edit that out. Nah, we don't edit them, so. Yeah, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Bella has, Hal has not. No, Hal I obviously have. thinks when very was, highly no, of himself I have now. When I was younger, I'm saying. But now yeah. I'm more confident. And the confidence isn't just about doing tattoos. See, it's but I have very high confidence in myself and for no good reason. I just am very comfortable with who I am as a person. And, and like if you, you don't, don't like me, Sounds that's like fine. you don't have imposter syndrome. But no, but with my career, I do. Me oh, as a human, yeah. I'm like, fucking I am who I am, like yeah. it or leave it. I don't know. But work, I'm like, fuck, there's so Ma- many other people who are so much more knowledgeable. And Maybe it's because I don't have it because I'm working in a comfortable environment. Definitely, I would feel less comfortable if I went and guest spotted at a different shop with people that I haven't met before and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Then you're sort of like, fuck, like, am I doing, do I do the right shit? Am I doing it all correctly? Okay. Are they looking I've at me? I've actually just thought about this a little bit more. I think I get it mainly because, and this is going to sound like a, oh, poor me, which I hate mm. that. But I think I get it a little bit because generally, Hal's the hype guy. Everybody, uh, his face is dying right now. What? Everybody loves Hal. And That's Hal not is true. Like, that is not true. Just shut up and let me talk. Hal's like the amazing tattooer, the footy guy. He's, you know, the pump up guy, the best man in the world. And I'm just sort of like fucking Hal's old bag, scraggling on on the floor. And That is not true. Yeah, so I... You're making me sound like the most vain dickhead ever. You're not vain. You are definitely not vain. But in... In situations like that, like there have been many times where we've been standing in a conversation with another tattooer or whatever, and they'll talk to you as if you're the fucking sickest cunt, and then they're like, oh, who are you? Or or they won't even make eye contact with me and even introduce themselves. Uh, I don't remember any of those. But That's anyway. bullshit, and you are <laughs> lying right now. No. But, yeah, I, get, I feel like I'm just sort of like hanging on in the back sometimes. No, you're blazing your own. And tagging along to your I'm going to hype you up here, Bella. No, don't, don't, don't. I'm going to hype okay, you up. Okay, next question. Have you <laughs> ever felt, and this is where I said we, we would go into this question later when we were mm-hmm. talking about the Kelly Swift tattoo removal. Yep. Um, have you ever felt judged for your tattoos slash career choice? If so, how did you deal with it? Um... Do I throw my mum under the bus here again? I reckon throw your mum under. (laughs) Um, Career choice, yes, initially, because, and like every generation again would be saying they had it hard or it was less popular when they were, you know, doing it. But um, I think when I was, when I started tattooing and stuff, it was obviously less popular, especially amongst my friendship group and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
and definitely not judged from my friends and stuff, but I think outside perception from older people and stuff was like, is that even a, is that even a career? Is that a job? Like it definitely wasn't as socially no popular way. as it is now. So now, you know, people look at it and they go, oh, it's a legitimate career. It's, you can have proper businesses. Yeah, people you know. used to think it was just like a passion yeah. that you would do for five years and then you'd have no career aspects and you'd have to be yeah, a barista, exactly. so, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Love baristas. Um, and then on the personal judge on the tattoos, like, yeah, definitely. But again, like I'm sort of like, you know, it's, it, I wasn't born like this. I chose to look like this. So I'd be concerned if you were born like no, that. but that's what I'm saying. You know, like you can people can say, oh, you get discriminated against, so you get judged and all of that. And you know, I think like yeah, you do on certain levels, but it's like it was a choice to look like this. So why are you throwing your mum under the bus? No, I'm not going to go into that. She didn't want me to tattoo. Yeah, because she had certain perceptions of tattooing in the industry and her upbringing, surrounded by her mum getting tattooed and stuff. So, but I can't. Be I, f- I feel like let's go into that on a I can't later be episode because now you made your mum sound mean she's very supportive of my tattooing career she's so supportive very supportive but very interesting my mum nor my dad have ever once asked me about a single tattoo i've ever got no and i love that well your parents ask you about every single tattoo you've yes got. and i want to slap them yeah um because so, i'm like yeah, i don't know mum. i just fucking liked it you definitely you do get judged you know sit in certain states in australia and stuff like you can't go into bars you can't go to certain restaurants like you all can't like go into stuff. the casino if you have like face or neck or whatever yeah, and that's like one, uh, it's a little bit annoying, but it's also like, you know what? Like I sort of get it. Yeah. You know, whether it's, whether it's fair or not fair, it doesn't really matter to me. Like I definitely think the time you notice if you're heavily tattooed, the time you notice it the most is when you go outside of Australia. Yes. When you travel. Yeah. And I've it's very evident gone that through, people like, are staring Asia, at you. Europe, America and stuff. And I just think like, yeah, that high level of tattoo coverage is, is very common in Melbourne. Yeah. Particularly. Let me say, um, there are people who generally like to be the person being like, oh, sick, look at me and my tats. Mm. Like, for example, you're walking down the beach in Bali and you've got those, like, big buff guys that are like, fucking yeah, look at me tats, which is... Are you just stereotyping? 100%. But that that is what <laughs> these other people are doing about yeah. tattoo people. okay. So, and then you have other people who have, like, a few tattoos and it's not... They're not trying to make it their whole personality. They just like the tattoos. And they yeah. get them. And, I'd, I, yeah, I have definitely felt judged in certain situations, but I don't care how other people view me. I just don't want you to come yeah. up to me and be like, oh, tell me about your tattoos because I'm like, I really don't care. Well, that's interesting, you know, with the, that's why I'm getting the face tattoo removed is um, I just got really in my head about it. Like I felt like, you know, because people kept mentioning it and I'd ne- I haven't for years had people mention a tattoo, you know, but this one, like people, I don't know, it was – obviously quite visible and whatever they, I don't know, wanted to mention it or felt more comfortable mentioning it or something. So people kept bringing it up, like yeah. randoms and well, it's on the stuff. side of your face. Yeah, exactly. And then I just got in my head and I felt like everywhere I went, people were staring at it or like- Like you felt like they couldn't have a conversation and look at you in your eyes yeah. without mentioning it. And then I just couldn't, I, anyway, I just couldn't get it out of my head. And ultimately I was like, it. all everywhere I go, I'm just thinking about this tat I've got. I'm just thinking about it. And I hadn't felt like that in a long, long time. So I was like, you know what, fuck, I'm just going to get removed. And ever since I've got it removed, like it's still there, just way lighter now. So I haven't really thought about it at all. Yeah. So I feel better about that. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, everyone gets judged. You know, you go, um, 
I think it's just human nature for people to judge people on what they look like. And I sort of... I really and you just like can't help it in certain situations. Like, it, yeah. you have... You don't mean to and you're not doing it in a mean way. You're not trying to make fun of someone or make them feel bad. But you generally will have a first opinion yeah. of someone when you see them. It's like Cody the other week on the airplane got fucking butt searched in the airport. No one else did. He's just walked in. That's why he did not get butt searched, but he did get taken into a separate room (laughs) to get thoroughly searched. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I think we'll do one more question. We've been going for 55 minutes and everyone's starting to rock up at work now. So it's, Oh, this is a good one to end it. Okay. How can I maintain my relationship when I work so damn much? And I'm pretty sure this is from a tattooer or a flash painter. Well. So I'm going to say Hal and I did not maintain our relationship very well when he was tattooing and I wasn't. It was very hard, mainly Mm. because I was working normal work hours, so weekday hours, and he would work – he would start later in the day, so he'd generally get to work at like 10 and he would work Saturdays and some Sundays. So that was really difficult. Mm, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about this in my working career because it was the same when I was playing footy. And I, think I saw less of you when you played footy though. <laughs> definitely. So with, I think with any career that's like an aspirational career, that's something that isn't just necessarily like, you know, like everyone, every, anyone can go and apply and do it. I think you, what your meaning is... A, like more like a sole trader career where you're in no, control. Footy, footy, you get paid a salary. You're not a sole trader. I'm saying like yeah, okay. anything, any any job, whether it's doing a chippy apprenticeship or you know working in finance or what, like literally any job. I think if your mindset is that you want to be the best and you want to achieve the most and you want to you want to get the absolute most out of it, and you have I guess like grand ideas about like what your career could be what your life could be then intrinsically that's a very selfish mindset and I think in order to achieve those things you have to be selfish about it yes and the moment that you stop being selfish well, is, I think is, to be able to succeed to the utmost like yeah. level that you can you need to be selfish with your time definitely and if you look at and if you're not selfish with your time you're fucking around well, and you're not it. taking it seriously that's it you know and it's like if you if you just want to do a nine to five clock off and go to the pub and hang out which is you know a good life and if that's what you want to do that's great but if you've got bigger you know you want to do more than that and or you, you want to take charge and you're super of- super driven then that is that is a very selfish career, and that's not a bad thing, but that's just how it is. And I've experienced this with footy. I struggled to main re- re- maintain relationships with Bella. Struggled to maintain, I'm still here, guys. maintain relationships with my family. And you hear this a lot, especially from professional sport, is that it's a super, super selfish lifestyle. It's like everything revolves around me. It revolves around my body. It revolves around my time, yep. my career. It's like- So like we wouldn't be able to go out to a restaurant because Hal couldn't eat that food because he had a game the next day. I took and, it very seriously, but it was like- And he would sleep over at my house and not be able to sleep in my bed because he had a bad back. So he would have to sleep on a mattress on the floor. And like, I was like, why yeah. the fuck are you even And at here? the time, but like, I don't think you understood that because no one were quite young and stuff. We were 18. And I, I was th- like, And mate. I think if I was to maintain that career, which ultimately I didn't, but you- you know, people learn to live with that and yes. that that's works in their, their lifestyle. It would have been easier if we lived together. Yeah. But but 
especially with the footy thing, it's like, and this is the same with a tattoo apprenticeship as well. It's like when you're young, 18, or you, you know, you're starting out your apprenticeship or your footy career, it is so competitive. Mm. And that's where it's like, it was like every single, literally every thought I had when I was doing footy and then when I started tattooing was like, what am I doing this hour that's going to fucking get me to achieve my goals? Well, yeah, every single person that was on your team was competing to be better yep. than you and get more, like be levels above you. Exactly. So and it's like, yeah, they could be your best mates, but they want to beat you. And, and that's the same as tattooing. Like everyone yeah. in the shop, I want to be better than Hal. Good luck to me. But I want to be better than everyone here. And if I'm not doing something to better myself and get to that higher level each day, yeah. then I'm fucking. And you can I'm do it. You can do it together as a group and stuff like that, and go, "Hey, as a shop, you know, we're all doing this. We want to. We want to achieve this. We want to put out the best merch. We want to do the best tattoos. We want to be the most popular. We want to start progressing tattooing beyond where it is now, whatever. But it's like that's a, that's a selfish mindset. Li- mindset lifestyle. But it has to be yeah. if you want to get the most out of it until you get to a certain point where then you can be less selfish about it because you've gotten to a certain point yeah. and you can sort of pull back a little bit yeah. and in like have a more balanced lifestyle, I would say. But And I would never, ever recommend to someone it's like fuck your girlfriend off or whatever and just focus on yourself. But I think the best way to, to go about it is to just be honest and say- Try to and involve them in why this is so important Say to your to relationship, you. say like, my goal is to, to be in the top 0.1% of people who do whatever I do. Mm. And in order to do that, it's like, I feel like I need to be putting this many hours in doing this much work. I can't stop thinking about it. It's almost like an obsession. And if they don't understand that, well, then that's that's- that's up that's, to them. I you think know, that's like, where you have more issues where they don't understand yeah. why you want this career or this thing for yourself. But like you can do little things. Like if you're sitting at home and you're painting or you've got to draw for your tats, don't do it at 11 o'clock at night when they're going to sleep. No, nah, but I'd say it's like that's – I think the hard bit no, is – No, but, but try and incorporate them into it. Be like, hey, well, why don't we sit down on like Sunday morning? We'll have brekkie together – you can do some work or you can sit yeah, there reading your book and like, I'm, I'm painting and we're at, we're at least like hanging out together. You can we're try and do time. that, but it's like it's – and I've dealt with a lot of people who I think you just to, need to involve them in, in more of your life. It's easy to say that now because now you're involved in the thing that I was doing and you've taken it on yourself. And no, but when you were starting, when you were an apprentice and you were painting, I would sit there and hang out with you. No, you would, but you're also interested in that. I'm saying like – it might be hard and, and I've seen this happen is like if your work life, it's particularly based around work, obviously. It's yeah. like if your work life doesn't match up to your partner's work life, it can be very difficult. A hundred percent. But I think if you do want the relationship to work, there are ways that you can go about it. Yeah, you and can be definitely like, do it. Like, for example, if they like cooking or baking, maybe you could sit at the fucking kitchen bench and paint and or like look up reference or something and mm. sit in the same room with them and have discussions and hang out while you're both in the same room and make it like a weekly thing. You could do that and it sounds practical, but just I'm going from my mindset is like when I was an 18 year old kid, I was in my own world, Bella. Yeah. And I'm saying when I was an 18 <laughs> year old kid, I was saying, hey, why don't we do this and this and this? And I was trying to make it a yeah. bit more better for us. And you were like, well, no, because you were in that selfish mindset. I think both parties need to realise that, yes, you're being selfish with your work, 
But if unless you want to lose this relationship or friendship, it's a 50-50 thing. You both it's it's a give and take. I know you are. And I know the question is what how do you maintain it? And it's like well, I think you, you need to sit down and have a proper discussion you and put be like time into if it. you want this to work, well, what are we both going to do? What are we both going to sacrifice or bring to the party that is going to help it? Act like an adult if you want to have an adult relationship. But I have lost plenty want, of but friendships. If what, but if that's what you want, Bella, I'm saying you're going from like, oh, how do you maintain it? I'm going, if what, if that's on your mind, then I'm already beating you. Because if you're thinking about that, I'm fucking thousand steps ahead of you because I'm only thinking about this. Yeah, well. And that's that's what I'm saying is like. Yeah, well, joke's on me because I've lost lots of friendships <laughs> because I started tattooing and friends didn't support it or they don't take it seriously. Well, all my friends are like this. So I'm sort of like. Yeah, and my friends are not. They're like. Yeah emotional it's just a different world it's a different normal and it's people. like that's why you see and i'm definitely not saying we're in this realm of achievements or whatever but it's like that's why you see people who are hyper successful you know they ha- they very rarely do they have like just normal stable relationships and stuff like that they might ultimately but it's like it's it's because they're so selfish they're so driven they're so focused they're so obsessed. I definitely do think that in a relationship, there's generally one selfish person and one other, the other person, the other party in this relationship that gives and works a little bit harder. I absolutely believe that, that there mm-hmm. is one person who does more mental work to make their life easier. Definitely. What are you saying that to you? hundred percent. And if you don't fucking agree with that, you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, but what about this? Because I'd say I'm the person who drove you. Yes, 100%. Take you control put of- us in this position, but I'm the no, one who No, I didn't put us in this position. I'm the one who drove you and gave you the confidence to- take, I had the confidence. Take control of your own life and start driving your own career. I had the confidence. You gave me the push and, sh- yeah. and, and showed me that it was possible. There you go. But I'm the one who constantly works on it each day to be like, hey, pull your head in. Don't be a selfish <laughs> dickhead. Because, and I, as much as I love you, you are still very selfish. And that's fine. I have learned to love that side for the of your greater good, For because, the greater good of both of us, Bella. Yeah, because it is so amazing and it, is, it has done so much for us and our life. But you are still the more selfish personality and there's nothing wrong with that. But I had to do a lot of learning to realise that we could make it work. Mm. Like Hal and I have known each other since we were what? We met when we were what, 13? 12. 12. And what, we're 30 this year. Um, so it's been a lot of years in the making and it does not come you easy. You can't have my best and not want the worst, Bella. Yeah, you, oh, I deal with the worst. And I've also always said this to Bella and I know we've gone off track here because obviously we're talking about ourselves, but. This is what the podcast is. So self-indulgent. I'm like, I have not changed since I was young. No, you're the so same I've person. Always but been also, the same. so am I. You are. We are both very, that. very similar to what we were when we were younger. Like our personalities yeah. haven't changed. We're both very intense. Fuck. This is like marriage counselling now. Mickey's in the front room laughing, so we're going to end it now. Well, yeah, I need to <laughs> have get, another coffee. Got to um, get ready for work. Also, I just want to say that um, everyone rips into me and says that I have too many stabs at you in the podcast and like <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit mean. Hey, I'm not a victim. I but I'm sorry, it. I love you. <laughs> No, nah, that's right. You can say whatever you want. No, nah, people people think I'm mean. I I, I, think I I'm need just the motivation. Honest. I need the motivation, Bella, because I'm like, you know what? Now I'm fired up. 
Yeah, I G'd you up, you f- didn't I? You fired me up. This last question has fired me up big time. That's and why I, I wanted think, to end on this I was one. saying this on the phone last night to Bobby. I'm like, mate, I'm in cruise control at the moment and I don't want to be. Yeah, you've been getting complacent thinking your tats are really good the past no, two weeks. I'm not weeks. thinking they're good. I'm just like, you know what? I could go 10 levels above this. All right. Effort. Well, that to me says mic drop. And so. I'm fucking, oh, I'm actually very excited now. Thank you very much for coming along to another Carlisle Studios episode. Uh, we hope you liked this one. It was a little bit longer than normal. So no, a little bit. Ah, whatever. So let us know what you think. Like, subscribe, follow. Tell Hal that he's a cocky little yep. dickhead. We'll answer some of the rest of the questions in future episodes. But yeah, yeah, sorry to the ones we didn't get to, but we promise we will eventually. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Carlisle Tattoo Co. 178 Carlisle Street, St Kilda, Melbourne, Australia.